Welcome to Me, Myself, and Millie, a podcast that sheds light on infertility and different pathways to parenthood. I'm your host, Millie Brooks. This is episode seven of season six. And if you haven't listened to the previous episodes of this season, I recommend going and listening to those um, because this season is a little bit different. We are following one person's journey to parenthood, and that is Audrey. Audrey? I think it's been 11 days since we last talked. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling very good. You know, getting used to this new phase in life. Um, tomorrow's my birthday too. So I'm I'm just in a mood. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> it. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. You know, the last time we, we talked, our, our sound got cut off at a real like cliffhanging moment. And um, we were talking about your driver and you and Jorge and Mateo were crossing into Slovakia and um, there was some border issues. And then all of a sudden the border patrol let you through with the travel documents. We There was like a little bit of stuff that was lost in between in translation, travel documents meant passport, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that's where we last talked. Can you take us back to that moment and catch us up to speed? Yeah, that moment was very, very scary. So, you know, I've been talking through all this process. I've been talking through intended parents from Australia. And I think I mentioned it before that they have digital travel documents. So the Australian embassy even though it used to be before that it took so long for them to get their documentation. Uh, now, because with the war, they're more speedy and they're providing digital documents that the Slovakian and the Polish border are very used to and aware. The U.S. Embassy, they actually make you go there physically to get, um, you, you can get three types of passport, right? You can get the intermittent emergency passport that allows you to Cross from apparently Ukraine and Slovakia, or, um, sorry, Ukraine into the European border, that meaning Slovakia or, or Poland, and it's an intermittent one. That's just only to cross out of Ukraine. Then you got your um, emergency passport that's valid for one year, and then you got your real passport that once you do the whole in process interview with the embassy, which you have to do for the emergency passport, you would have to wait 10 days more to get that passport so from the beginning we knew that we wanted to do the emergency passport but we needed to get there with we thought talking to other u.s parents that we could get through the border with just a birth certificate now the caveat was that we never specified that we were going through the slovakian border we assumed that it was the same thing between poland and slovakia because we were both entering a european union however slovakia is not very keen and expert in surrogacy cases, surrogacy is illegal in Slovakia. I remember you saying that, and that's why you eventually wanted to get to Poland, right? Mm-hmm. So we we were basically trapped there. So the, the officers had our documents, and, you know, they had good reasoning. And, and we talked about this, I think, too. You know, I had called my cousin who's in the military and the DOD, and he's like, listen, there has been, because of the war, there has been a hike on human trafficking and all that. So they're trying to do the right thing. And so I get it. I understand that. Um, but I thought there was an unspoken thing between 
both Slovakia and Poland with Ukraine about the surrogacy cases and that having our names in the birth certificate matching our passport would somehow allow us in. Mm. That was not the case. So, you know, the officers, they did the right thing. You know, they kept interrogating us. They kept saying, hey, listen, you know, you guys are not European Union citizens. You're, you're, you both have U.S. passports, but there's nothing here that the base ba- tells me that the baby is U.S. citizen either. You know, I see your name in the birth certificate. I just I can't confirm, you know, the baby is U.S. citizen. So they kept asking us and we provided all the legal documentation. They made us wait between an hour or two. Um, and in that time, you know, we were calling friends, calling family, calling my agency, calling the the Ukrainian embassy in Poland, the Poland embassy, and then I reached out some someone in the Slovakian embassy, and she's like, "Hey, listen, you're not the first U.S. parent to try this. They don't, they're not very versed on it. Go back through the Polish border. It's going to be easier because it's 6 a.m. Everything here opens at eight. You can wait two hours, but that means you're going to wait another four hours for me to give you an official." letter of invitation into Slovakia and that means then you have to drive eight hours into Bratislava and then you have to process everything through Bratislava which we end up anyways processing everything in Warsaw and you already have your appointment in mm. Warsaw. So Slovakia knew who we were, Warsaw knew who we were, it was just a mess. When, she, when the, I had called and hang up with, with the lady like a couple of times in my last call with her my driver kind of co- goes out and starts like fighting or, or talking i guess they kind of know him by now mm-hmm. um and they're like and again they're they're used to australian ips which is intended parents and somehow the driver came in mind you he doesn't speak english spanish or italian so he's trying to like telling me to hang up and signals like we're going straight through and i'm like are you sure but they have our documents like I, do you really want me to hang up with the slovakian officer because um with the embassy because we don't have our documents back. Are we going, you know, I, I was just so lost. Mm-hmm. And Jorge was like, just hang up. So we finally hung up. And this off, this other officer, which was like our fifth officer, asked us to start unloading all of our luggage. So we did. He checked ev- each and every luggage we had. He like pat down the baby and everything. And yeah, he smiled. And, and well, he asked like what we were doing in Ukraine. And we explained and he said if we were afraid we kind of laughed and said of course and then he said yeah you guys are good to wow. go um but that was scary yeah because i i gave him my brand new like it was like a brand new dollar bill yeah my brand new documents and they came back like wrinkled and everything so they were they were at it with the right right you could tell that there was like some fur fury and frustration kind of happening I would not recommend. That got taken out on the documents. Sweaty hands, sweaty palms, sweaty conversations. Yeah. Okay. Um, So you made it through. And now. Made it through. And you stayed in Slovakia for how long? Nothing. So we went through. Our driver took us straight to Poland, to Warsaw, Poland. And how many hours was that? Six hours. Six hours. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, it was it was long. You know, we made a couple of pit stops where we I could feed and change my bail and pull gas. Um but man, there was nothing like settling that hotel in, in Poland. That was glorious. Oh my gosh. So when you reached Poland, I mean 
And that's where you were the last time we talked, right? Yes, I was. Okay. You were in Poland and you were able to receive all the documentation that you needed. We still had trouble at the embassy. I don't know if we talked about this, but... No, let's get to what happened in Poland. So we finally got our... So we needed two um, appointments with the embassy. We needed an appointment for the interview and submitted our documentation and also a DNA test. So it happened that for us, the case was we had did the DNA test first thing at 7 in the morning and then right away we turned our documents. The other parents did it the, whole, the other way around, which was smarter. And Audrey, let me ask you, because I know the DNA test, were they just testing for Jorge's DNA? Yeah, so by law, they only need one intended variant, so one genetic link. And we decided Jorge, of course, be the, yeah. Jorge, got it. And then um, if I was part of the genetic link and I wanted to, I could have done it too, but there's the law just requires you one. Okay, one person. Okay. So because we've been dealing, all the intended parents have been dealing with the same person from the embassy who is very strict. Mm. Um, we kind of knew the p- documentation we needed. Um, this person kept asking for a medical birth certificate, which that is surrendered in Ukraine at the register so you can get the birth certificate. With that in mind, she did have talk about getting an extract, which my region did not provide. So we had to basically pay someone in the register to come up with an extract with the official logo which I'm glad I did because now I think the future parent, they're going to have a template for future parents, right? What? So is this like kind of a notary stamp or something? Mm-hmm. So okay. the same the same stamp that the birth certificate has, which is official, this extract or this documentation saying it's there. If I would have known better, I would have kept before I surrendered my original. And that's the recommendation I would give any other parents that are doing this journey, specifically in Ushroga is before you surrender the, the medical birth record, um, get get a co- copy and notarize a copy because I think that would have also persuaded, which then the extract we had, we didn't have a translation for it. The other document that people were using, I know in Lviv, were using was a discharge paper. That was, a, that was another kind of birth record, but we didn't translate that one. Or sorry, we did translate that, but... Our translation did not have a seal of approval of the translator. Oh. And that and the person in the embassy was giving us a headache. And we're like, we don't get it because it's like, it, it's trans. I mean, the word is there and sh- the person spoke Ukrainian. And she's like, I get it. But who tells me that? Who tells the consulate that you didn't come up with this, right? Like, but you clearly are oh reading it. <laughs> okay. So you not only had, okay, I, I'm like mystified by this factoid now like you not only had to get all the documentation but then you had to get it translated now are you translating it into english or polish english because then it's the u.s consulate okay got it got it okay but the and i believe that the person was and it was very a gray area sometimes we didn't understand if we were dealing with the ukrainian embassy or dealing with the polish embassy it was it was a mess, but and then the other thing was in my culture, it's very normal for us to use our paternal and maternal last name. So we use two last names as one, and um, it was my wish, right, that Mateo would have my last name. So we asked the same person, like, hey, we, well, we asked the 
the person taking the DNA, so the contact, hey, heads up, this is what we want, right? We want our son to have these two names. We don't want Jorge to have, we don't want Mateo to have Jorge's paternal and maternal last names. Thank God, I don't know how in the birth certificate in Ukraine, they only put one last name. They've only put Jorge's paternal last name, which is usually not the case. And this helps a lot because I guess it would have been more difficult to do it. Mm. So somehow I think that was a fluke. And because I know other intended parents that are Hispanic have the same issue. He, Mateo only ended up with one paternal last name. So I, I communicated that I wanted my last name. He said, I'm going to talk to my boss. We go to the interview process. The same difficult person was like, nope, you have to do that in the U.S. court. And here I am, like, about to cry. I'm like, man, like, nothing has gone my way, but whatever. We're, we're getting out of here. We waited four hours. Four hours at the embassy. Mm, no. <laughs> Just and we, no status update. You know, Mateo was hungry. We, you know, I changed him in a corner in, of the embassy. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, that's the element of stress that I'm, like, seeing right now is, like, not only is all of this taking so long, but you're having to do it with a newborn in your arms. Mm-hmm. Not in the comfort of your home, with your computer and your coffee. This is like you in line going to this place. Oh, no, this person told me we need this with a baby in your arms. Yeah, and it was it was kind of, like, hard, too, because you would have seen a lot of people who were going in there for visas or for, I don't know, something else. And and you're like, I'm a U.S. citizen. I mean, it sounds bad, but I'm like, I'm a U.S. citizen. Why am, am I waiting four hours for something that it should have taken just look at my documents and then let me know if I have a passport or not. Or tell me, hey, leave and come back in four hours. Like, yeah. Why keep us there, right, for four hours? I think, I think that would have been a recommendation of my, well, I have a lot of recommendation for the embassy, but one of them is clearly like, submit your documents, come the next day, or we'll email you if some documentation is missing. So at the end of four hours, um, we went into the back of the of this teller area. There's, there's another person that comes in. She makes us raise our right hand. Um, swear that all of our documentation is truthful. She wanted to see the baby. Ask us like some random questions, like where did we meet? When did we get married? Where did we get married? Where we, you know, where did we go to college? It, it felt like we were, I don't know, this group interviewing questions, right? And at the end, they're like, okay, yeah, everything's good. That we just need to wait for, uh, for the DNA test. And by the way, this is how you want your child's name to appear in the passport. And Lord and behold, they had my last name in there and I almost wanted to cry. Mm. I can describe it. Um, but yes, um, we uh, we submitted everything on a Tuesday. We paid extra to get an expedite, which mean, meant that the lab, the DNA lab, would expedite the results. Does didn't mean anything with DH, DHL, which is the traveling part of it. Mm. So the DNA test arrived at Thursday. They did. They ran the test and had result at midnight U.S. time, Atlanta time. So on Friday morning, the embassy had the DNA results, which the way they phrased the DNA results had me crazy because yeah. we had joked about it. We're like, okay, I mean, Mateo is a clone image of his father 
So I had no doubt, but we're like, holy shit, with all our luck, right? What if, what if Mateo is not our son? Like, yeah. Or there's a fluke with the DNA test or something. Oh man, Audrey, you know, it crossed my mind. I did a whole episode on this, you know, like mix-ups happen in the lab. So we were doing, okay, so what are we going to do? I guess we will be moving to Poland or to Germany. Like we will, I don't know, because we're not going to, and Jorge was like, well, you know, the surrogate already renounced all of her, um, her rights, her rights. Um, and we wouldn't think that it would have been hers. We, we were, we were thinking like, if there was a mix up, it was probably with another set of intended parents, right? Maybe another different embryos. But anyways, and we were like thinking about the other two couples that were there with their kids. We're like, okay, we, at least we know we can trace them through Facebook just in case they got the test mixed up. Yeah. We were going through all of these scenarios. And yeah, so the way that Jorge opened the email and said, okay, Jorge is not. And when he said is not, like my heart dropped. And they're like, what do you mean it's not? And he's like, let me finish. Yeah, well, I mean, oh my gosh, you're, you're, wait, okay. That is like, it's so funny. The sound kind of broke up into pieces when you said that. What did it say? Jorge is not. So Jorge, last name, is not excluded from being Mateo's, Makai's father. And I'm like, oh my why gosh, why would it? they phrase? Yeah, why would they phrase it like that? And then it followed the, he's 99.99998. I'm like, okay, it's, he's almost 100% his, his father, but why do you phrase it like that? And then we just burst it out laughing um, because, oh. of course, you know, we needed that little interesting thing. You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, there's just no reason to have a double negative there. Like, why is not excluded? What? Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. So he's not excluded, so he's put, he's in the running or something. Basically, yeah. <laughs> he's a potential. <laughs> I don't know why they phrase it like that. Okay. I mean, but, yeah. I almost just had a heart attack. I can't imagine how you, fe fe like, felt in that moment. My heart dropped. Yeah. Um, but because we were so hopeful that everything was going to be all right. Um, we, we kept calling the embassy and, you know, the same difficult person. We, we made friends with her. She kept saying like, we told her like, Hey, we packed, we have a flight for Germany. This at seven o'clock, we need to leave. And she's, she was like, you should never have bought a ticket the same day. What if we could have not processed? And we're like, well, the next flight we that was available was the next week. And that's not going to roll. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we kept it quiet. We didn't tell anybody um, that we were leaving the same Friday. I wanted to like get to my best friend's door and just, you know, basically leave Mateo in her front doorstep. But um, eight minutes into the car ride, I started freaking out that she would have gone to sleep or something. So I called her that we were basically eight minutes away. And that was mm. very emotional when she saw Mateo. Um, mm. Yeah, we've been in this spot in Germany all this time now. And so how long did you actually spend in Poland? Gosh, I want to say uh, eight days. Okay. Okay. And now you're in Germany. How yes. much longer are we going to be there for? So we're good to go. We just, um, again, we're trying, we're trying to do the, the most comfortable and cheapest thing. 
Um, and then Jorge has been playing with this whole Amex credit card point system. Um, and he was able to book us with points, first class tickets with the bath in it. So Mateo can have his own little sleeping area. Oh, good. Nonstop flight from Frankfurt to Atlanta with points. But caveat is on August 17th. So that's why we're spending some extra time here in Germany, just because it was the, you know, no dollar, more comfort kind of type of deal thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's my birthday tomorrow. So I was like, hey, you know, I don't, it's, we either leave before the 10th yeah. or we leave after my birthday because then, you know, I can actually celebrate it here. Yeah, you don't want to be like jet lagged or just getting off a plane on your birthday. Especially yeah. this year. There there needs yes. to be a little bit of celebration. Oh, definitely. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, I was kind of going back and listening to some of our previous episodes um, because we'll only have one other episode after this one. And I, I mean, you are a different person now. Oh, yes. Talking to you in this moment, as opposed to, you know, six weeks ago when we started this, I mean, where's your, you have been through hell. I think that's okay to say, right? Oh, yes, definitely. That's how I would exactly describe it. Yeah. And you have all of this experience now that has, is going to define who you are as a person and how you see how you perceive the world um, going forward. How I mean, what does it feel like just kind of reflecting on all of this? You know, I have a lot of challenges in my personal life, like with my job, right? I've, I've told you that I've been trying to get into leadership position and all that. And I keep thinking, and I'm like, I my confidence has boosted. And I'm like, after all the hell I've been through, there's nothing I can't do. So if people can't see that, fuck them. Um, because I don't think anyone could handle all the shit that we've handled and have gotten where we are. Um, it has made me fall in love with my husband a mm. hundred times over. Because I don't know, like, I think this journey kind of makes you or breaks you, right? Um, sorry. <laughs> It's, it's been a lot. And I think um, there's another kind of set of grief that I carry as well. Sometimes I'm like, I doubt for a second, you know, will I have this bond with Mateo? Because I'm struggling to wake up at night. But it's because, you know, I, I get so tired of the, of the whole thing every day and not doing well with my mental health medications because I want to try to stay awake. And then there's a moment that I'm like, am I not waking up in the middle of the night because I don't have that bond? And I'm like, fuck no, that, that's not it. I'm, I'm giving, you know, I know that my husband is my partner. And because I'm so sure that he's going to wake up and be there for me, that's why I can rest at night. And the fact that he, he's there, you know, he's, he's, I can't say that he's helping me because it's not about helping me. You know, we are partners and i think this mm. journey has made that clear you know we are in this together and i don't know what would happen in the future because marriage is marriage but mateo is so lucky to have mm. a dad like him and um 
yeah, I think that it has taught me that I'm more confident, more stronger than I thought I could ever be a year ago, for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I'm, and my heart is breaking for you hearing that you're, um, that you got down on yourself about not waking up because I can't imagine, like, it sounds like your body needs the rest. Like during the day, you are on full blast, not just new mom full blast, but navigating a trip around a war zone right now and getting your baby home. Like your your brain is at 200% every hour that you're awake, you know, and I, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine, but I'm... um. And I'm, as you're talking, another point that I'm thinking about is I bet you some people, their relationship would crumble in this kind of situation. Oh, I, for sure. It's probably tested everything. Oh, yeah. And I, I, and I, I feel Jorge's frustration sometimes when I don't wake up. But then I'm like, hey, you know, I'll make it up to you. And um, I'll take all those poopy diapers all day and all that. And not, you know, we, st- I still wake up sometimes. He still does some pup- puppy diapers, but I feel the need to sometimes ask him, like, do you still love me? Like, because mm. it doesn't matter if it's, you know, through vaginal birth, C-section or surrogacy, a newborn really test the marriage. Like mm-hmm. you just, you're sleep deprived, you're dealing with another tiny human that completely depends on you. And you both were, I mean, I was raised differently from my husband. So we, you know, we have different, I don't want to say culture, but we have different kind of, how you call that? Upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to negotiate and establish your own new ones as a new set of family. So mm. that's that navigating that and doing that as a new family. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Oh man, it's just like it it it's a whole other fat layer of like of complication on top of the already difficult, you know, the difficulty of being new parents, which is a minefield. You you're you like at one point I felt like I was hallucinating because I was like so out of it. You know? Yes. And then I can't imagine trying to do what you're doing right now on top of that. You know, I am, again, so grateful you have a friend and a support system in place. Yes. Yes, she's the best. Um, Yeah, I, I, obviously she's going to be mother's godmother and her husband's going to be his godfather. um, And he could not be in better hands, you know. We've talked about it. If anything happens to me um, and Jorge, he's going to be well taken care of because... He's just, they're just amazing, um, taking us in and doing everything they've done for us, for sure. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that feels like a good place to kind of bookend our conversation. (laughs) We'll be in touch for our final episode. Thank you for sharing all of this, Audrey. And I'm so, I'm so fucking glad you're in Germany. Ah, me too. <laughs> so glad. It's like I feel like you're just getting closer and closer to your place in in Georgia. Seven more days. Seven more days. Yeah. All right. Ciao. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at Me, Myself, Millie for more podcast updates. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and share on social media. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support and Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. You can check him out at calzonemusic.com. Thanks, cutie bums, and see you next week. <laughs>